Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Todd Snively. Uh, He is known as the Chief Amazement Officer at Expert University. He helps people sell things on Amazon. He's just come out with a new book called The Amazon Code, How to Make Millions Selling Products Amazon Already Loves. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Todd. Well, it's a privilege to be here. Thank you very much. Let's just get your background briefly. You've had an interesting uh, history to get to where you are today. Just give us a brief uh, history of your past and how you got to where you are now. Well, depending on how far you want to go back, it goes all the way back to when I was in the United States Air Force. And when I came out of the Air Force, the one thing that I knew is that I didn't want to work for anybody anymore. So I actually started my first business back in 1983, really got bit by the entrepreneur bug, but was still uncertain. I had the privilege of obtaining my pilot's license actually before I had my driver's license. So one thing I wanted to do was to see if flying for a living would be, you know, fulfilling to myself. And it turned out that when I did actually fly under contract for UPS and the post office eventually, it really took something I love and it it just beat the heck out of it. So I decided that making money needed to be my focus. Interesting point, when I was flying those those freight routes, the most I ever made was $28,000 a year back in 1988. So didn't come from money, didn't have a lot of money, didn't know what rich people looked like. I was just trying to figure that whole thing out. And I made myself, you know, just kind of be open to opportunities as they presented themselves and began starting different businesses that that interested me. Eventually, I had some seven-figure businesses that I had successful exits out of. I had some side hustles that were doing a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. But I was floating between one thing and the next. And eventually, I ended up uh, with owning a fairly substantial commodity brokerage business. And this, w- this would have been back in the, uh, in the 90s, in the, I would say from 94 through 2002. That was probably the single biggest business uh, as far as income goes and, and things I was able to accomplish. But it also turned out to be one of my downfalls. I was, uh, I had so much success over a short period of time and I was in a, in an industry that was absolutely swimming with, with slimy people. I mean, it was just really a nasty business to be on in the wrong side of commodity trading, managing money uh, in commodity pools, dealing with the whole commodity brokerage side of things. And I ended up getting into trouble. Uh, I, it's a highly regulated industry. I tried to do some things that I thought were outside of the box, and you just can't do that with something that's so highly regulated. And the long story short was, in February of 2002, I ended up losing everything. Up to that point, I had accumulated you know, close to $50 million in uh, revenue. I had pretty much checked off every box you know, financially. And overnight, it was all gone. You know, some regulators came into my office. They didn't like how I was doing certain things that I, like I said, was out of the box. And that was it, literally shut down the very next day. So here I was in a situation where between 
you know, everything I owed everybody and what the government was going to want me to pay and the uncertainty back in 2002, if I was even going to lose my freedom, I didn't know what to do. So I went to lunch with a good friend and he made this offhanded comment. Well, maybe you should sell some stuff on eBay. And I was thinking, yeah, no, I'm never going to do that. I just, it was so foreign from what I was used to doing. But on the ride home after that lunch, I was thinking, what else, what else can I do? What else can I do? And it turned out to be a blessing in disguise. Literally over the next year, we were able to sell over a million dollars worth of basically consumer returned goods on eBay. And I did this growing that business year after year through 2002, 2003, 2004. And then the bad news came. The government decided they were going to make an example out of me and they wanted me uh, to do some prison time for what ultimately they, they termed a mail fraud. So Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you've ever had an 800 pound gorilla sitting on your chest, but a lot of your options just instantly disappear. Yes. And I ended up, pleading uh, straight up guilty to one count of mail fraud in, in January of 2005. And when I went to my sentencing in September of 2005, the judge in about 30 seconds basically said, well, I see no reason not to give you the, the maximum penalty, which was 60 months. Wow. So they, um, they gave me the privilege of allowing me to take myself to prison to do what they called a self report. And in October 15th, uh, 2005, I entered a, a federal prison in Pennsylvania. Between time, all good time off and some programs I completed there, I, I actually ended up serving three years and three days in confinement. And when I got out, I basically had nothing again. We had sold the eBay business before I went in because it was just too complicated for my wife to deal with. We were making money at the time on another online business that was doing really well, uh, through uh, Google's AdSense program, that got shut down, not due to any fault of our own, just anybody that understands the AdSense business back in 2006 knows Google just changed their algorithm, shut down a lot of six-figure AdSense businesses. So when I got out in in October of uh, 2008, literally the only thing I could think of was to start selling customer return goods again on eBay. And I started that back up and the exact same thing happened within, actually this time within a year, we were actually doing 3 million in top end revenue. And I knew I was onto something, but it wasn't until 2009 that, or early 2010 that I discovered Amazon. That's kind of a long story how that happened. But once I discovered Amazon, everything changed. Now all of a sudden I was able to take the systems that we had developed and really scale them up on a platform that was actually willing to work with me. So now we've generated over $50 million uh, on revenue, mostly from Amazon and our own web stores selling products that are already selling. I mean, basically, we we're looking for these name brand products that need additional competitive sellers. And Amazon has really structured this business model, I'd say since 2012, to accommodate them coming out of the business of buying inventory and replacing it 
with these third-party sellers, and that's technically what I am. I'm a third-party seller on Amazon. Once when you're saying in your really book that anybody can, can become a, a third-party seller, this is something the average person without a lot of expertise can learn how to do, is what you're saying. I actually, um, I'm very um, adamant about that. When people are looking for a way to add additional income or even replace their current full-time income, the opportunity available online and specifically with Amazon, in, in my mind, is unparalleled. I've never seen anything with such long-term potential and proven over years. People don't have to be guinea pigs. They just need to understand what the system is that they can plug themselves into. So explain now, Amazon used to sell certain things. Now they don't want to be in that position. They want third-party sellers. Why did they make that switch? Well, Jeff Bezos summed it up really nicely in his annual letter to his shareholders. I think this one was two or three years ago. And he literally said, third-party sellers are kicking our first-party butts. Third-party sellers were able to establish better relationships with uh, brands and distributors than Amazon was. Amazon was just um, a bad customer, <laughs> you know, I mean, to put it, put it in uh, blunt language. Jeff Bezos said it a little more eloquently, but Amazon's just a bad customer when it comes to selling them products. They were also faced with the, this fact that they were running out of um, warehouse space that they were uh, filling up with these products that maybe would or wouldn't sell. They were absolutely terrible at picking products. So one day they, they did this study and they looked at all of the current third-party sellers on their platform and they came to the conclusion that third-party sellers could do a much better job at establishing the relationships, doing the logistics, maintaining a, a proper amounts of uh, inventory levels and restocking than Amazon could ever do. So they just made the decision, fine, we're going to stop buying products from uh, these brands and we're going to let third-party sellers step in and do that for us. So it's also to their advantage that they don't have to put money into inventory and warehouse it themselves. I'm trying to understand the, the full reason why Amazon would make such a major switch. They really have three legs to their stool, three pillars to their company. The first is AWS, their, uh, their, their technology leg, if you will. Yeah. The next one is their Prime program, where they have all these uh, people. I don't, you probably have a Prime membership. I know almost everybody in the, in the known universe yeah. has a Prime membership. And their third one is third-party sellers, because third-party sellers are paying a sales fee to Amazon. They're paying for uh, fulfillment fees when Amazon ships an order to their customer. They have no inventory costs whatsoever. They were able to uh, totally move people around in the organization out of this role of establishing brand relationships, which was broken. Amazon was just too big, way too big to deal with all of the brands they needed to deal with. And when you run out of inventory that a customer wants, that's a huge no-no. Amazon was doing that all of the time. So when they tried to pivot, they went the wrong way, started giving these huge POs to these brands uh, and being overstocked, filling their warehouses up with inventory that wasn't moving. And then the brand wasn't getting sales on a regular basis from Amazon. They weren't getting the purchase orders. So it was just a broken system. And they saw that the way to fix that system 
was to just move it over to the third-party sellers who had demonstrated the ability to establish the relationships with the brands, the wholesale distributors, and restock more efficiently than Amazon was able to. Very good. We're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Todd Snively. Uh, His new book is called The Amazon Code, How to Make Millions Selling Products Amazon Already Loves. Uh, He also is the Chief Amazement Officer at Expert University. You can find out more about him and his book at expertuniversity.com. We'll be back after this. If you're like me, when you think back to the financial crash of 2008, it's easy to be understandably worried about another potential drop. You and I work hard for our savings, and we want to make sure a portion of it is protected if and when turbulent financial times come back. Imagine yourself being able to easily have a portion of your savings protected from market volatility and owning the world's oldest and most trusted form of exchange. Gold provides financial freedom, allowing you to save outside the banking sector, privately, in a trusted fashion, virtually anywhere in the world. Vaulted offers users ease of buying gold, ease of selling gold, unrivaled value, incredibly low costs in buying and selling gold, and unmatched security. All throughout an easy-to-use web app that allows you to purchase and save in gold at the tap of a finger. You can get high returns this way. Compared to stocks alone, if you'd invested $1,000 in a portfolio with 75% stocks and 25% gold 50 years ago, with annual rebalancing, you'd now have a 10% higher rate of return. And compared to a traditional 70% stocks, 30% bonds portfolio, your total return would be about 40% higher. When stocks go down, historically, gold has a tendency to appreciate. Thus, a balanced portfolio of stocks and gold has significantly lower risk of a large drop, as illustrated by the example back in 2008. By adding some gold to your portfolio, you can cut your long-term risk by almost half. Gold allows you to be your own bank. Banking system withdraws has withdrawal restrictions. Bail-ins and bank failures, they're not concerns for the gold owner. You can buy and sell gold at your convenience. And this is why gold can be truly complete, help to complete your portfolio while at the same time giving you access to the stored value whenever you desire. You can find out more about this at vaulted slash money answers. That's vaulted.com slash money answers to find out how vaulted can help you get gold into your portfolio. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's going to be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is going to be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not going to be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? 
If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Todd Snively. He's the Chief Amazement Officer at Expert University, teaches people how to sell on Amazon. His new book is called The Amazon Code. How to Make Millions Selling Products Amazon Already Loves. Uh, you can find out more at his website, expertuniversity.com. Welcome back to the show, Todd. Thank you very much. I'm having a great time. So we explained why Amazon made the shift from being a first-party seller to wanting third-party sellers. Uh, why do they need even more third-party sellers than they have now? You'd think they would have a huge number and they wouldn't need any more. You know, just to give a, a little bit of history on that, Back in the early days when I started to sell on Amazon, they, had a, uh, they did something that was called the Featured Merchant Program. And what that meant was they were going to give all of the sales to these wholesale uh, branded products to the best Amazon seller. The person that had the most feedback, had a record with Amazon for the longest time, good metrics. So they called it the Featured Merchant and I, I called it the Gorilla on the Hill program because the only way to get any sales back then, and we're talking like, you know, 2009 through 2013, was to knock that gorilla off the hill and become the big gorilla, the top gorilla yourself. Well, when Amazon started to think about really bringing the third-party sellers into the fold and getting out of that business themselves, they changed that program and they developed what we came to call buy box rotation. So what that means is if you are termed a competitive seller, no longer the featured merchant, but a competitive seller, they will rotate that buy box amongst all the competitive sellers and share the revenue on that product amongst the competitive sellers. In order to be a competitive seller, Amazon looks at a few things, but it really boils down to price and time for delivery. So prior to COVID, anybody that would send their, their wholesale products into an Amazon FBA warehouse was getting that two-day free prime delivery. So that took care of the time of delivery. As long as you were at a competitive price, which is generally within a few percentages of the lowest FBA price, you were termed a competitive seller. And therefore, all of those competitive sellers shared the profits from the sale of that product. So why does Amazon do this to get to your original question? They do that because of customer experience. The bottom line is they want their customers to have the best experience possible. That's price, delivery time, things not running out of stock. Now we all know Amazon is famous 
for fast delivery of these products, hence the two-day prime program. But they also have a one-day program and a one-hour program. And Amazon's true goal is to have as many name brand wholesale products delivered in one hour eventually. The only way they can do this is to have enough competitive sellers. Matter of fact, as many competitive sellers as a product can support sending inventory up to their warehouses all over the country so they can minimize delivery times and delivery costs. They can't do that without the third-party seller and the buy box rotation to reward that competitive seller. So let's talk about somebody who's never had any experience doing this at all. Uh, tell them a little bit about what Expert University can teach them about how to learn to become uh, one of these third-party sellers. The whole reason Expert University uh, came about was because um, people were frustrated with trying to figure out the right way to sell on Amazon. There, there's a lot of different models. There's private label, there's arbitrage, there's drop shipping, and there's some other ways to sell on Amazon. And people didn't have a clear roadmap. We feel that wholesale distribution, which is the heart of this buy box rotation method, is the least risk, easiest way for somebody with no experience to sell on Amazon and actually be profitable. So what we did is we established what the stumbling blocks were. And the very first one that people were running across is they didn't know who to buy from. Because there's this old saying, you know, you make your money when you buy, not when you sell. If you're not buying the right way, you're already doomed. You're already doomed. So what we did was we took our decade of experience and put together a wholesale distributor database. We make this available to people that go through our program so that they don't have to worry about that first question, who do I buy from? Because that's already solved for them. These people are in the database. And, you know, to give you an idea, there's like 465,000 wholesale distributors in the United States. Maybe only 500 are the ones you really want to work with. So how do you get down to the 500? Well, you either do all the work that we did where you take the shortcut and you just use our wholesale distributor database. Now, the second problem is once you know who to buy from, it's what am I going to buy? And we know that we can either buy things that are profitable or things that are the most profitable. So we've established software that will take an inventory file from one of these wholesale distributors that could have 10,000, 20,000, 50,000 products on it that they're willing to sell to you. We run it through our software, and it tells us what to buy the most profitable products. It looks at 40 different data points to make the decision for you as to what you should buy. Because we think a big mistake people make is the the decisions are emotional. Hey, I really like golf, so I just want to sell golf products. No, I think that's a mistake, all right? I think you should sell stuff that makes you money, right? Not what you necessarily know or like. It's a numbers game. That's all this is, is a numbers game. So we show people how to look at it like a real business with longevity so that they can build up and have something that they can scale, pass on to, uh, you know, to one of their uh, sons or daughters to take over someday, have a real asset. And does that change over time? What's selling most profitably or is it pretty consistent? Each product has uh, what's called a product life cycle. 
the amount of uh, the length of time of a product's life cycle is different for every product. I've seen some products, you know, take off like a, you know, a rocket and fizzle out after a couple of months. I have some products I've been selling for five and six years that haven't changed. Um, the trick is not to come in at the end of a product's life cycle. You want to be able to identify these products early on in their life cycle and we show people how to do that. So my turnover on my inventory averages about 13% a year. So 13% of our inventory needs to be replaced to maintain the same level of profitability. Yeah. Okay. Uh, does this, do you need a lot of capital to get them? I mean, you have to buy these goods before you can resell them. Maybe it sounds like you need a lot of capital uh, to be able to float the, uh, the goods before you sell them. One of the really neat things about uh, having an Amazon business is Amazon will meet you wherever you're at. If you have a small amount of capital, let's say $1,000 or less, then you buy $1,000 or less worth of inventory and send it in. Amazon doesn't care, right? But you can scale to the moon. People ask me all the time, Todd, why are you showing people how to do this? Why don't you just buy up all of these products that need additional competitive sellers yourself? Because guess what? Not even Jeff Bezos has enough money to buy all of the products at the scale necessary to corner that market. It's just not possible. And, and it's proven by the fact that Amazon keeps bringing on new third-party sellers. They need more sellers because they need more products to be purchased. And every time you turn around, more products are coming into the marketplace early in their life cycle. And that's very easy to identify on Amazon. So it doesn't matter what somebody's budget is. What matters is what they do with it. And the, and the, smaller, the smaller amount of money that somebody has to start any business, much less this Amazon business, you know, it's going to take longer to scale up. Because to your point, um, well, let me put it to you this way. I think one of the most important things, once you get down to what to buy, it's called uh, inventory turns. What that means is how many days does it take to sell out my inventory and get that original amount of money back? My yep. average number of inventory turns is 17.8, which means whatever I'm spending on inventory, I'm getting back 17.8 times a year to reuse. This is why when people ask me about returns, it's very difficult to give them a, a realistic number because the returns get magnified by the fact you're taking the same money and turning it and turning it and turning it. Yeah, very good. Okay, we're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Todd Snively. Uh, he is the Chief Amazement Officer at Expert University, which teaches, teaches people how to sell on Amazon. He's got a new book out called The Amazon Code, How to Make Millions Selling Products Amazon Already Loves. And you can find about him at his website, which is Expert university.com we'll be back after this for many people it can be difficult and intimidating to get started investing most people don't learn about investing in school or even from their parents so many people are left out from the benefits of investing because they just don't know how to get started but the stock market is designed to have millions of people participate and enjoy the returns that are available from investing in stocks over the long run that's why I recently joined Public.com, which is an investing social network which allows you to buy stocks from any amount of money while you're sharing ideas and learning from a vibrant community of investors. 
I love the idea that public.com is making the whole investment experience accessible, educational, and fun. You not only get all the usual tools to invest like research on companies and mutual funds, but you also get to share your ideas and questions with a larger community of people all over the country. This is unlike any other stock trading program I've ever used. Most stock trading services let you invest, but do not let you connect to a thriving community of knowledgeable investors. I find the app easy to navigate and loaded with useful features to help me research investments and connect with other like-minded people. You can follow anyone you like, including people you don't know, or even famous people who show you what's in their portfolios. It's really a great way to get ideas about what you might like to invest in. The public.com app is free to use, and there are no account minimums, so you can start with a small amount of money, like $1. There are also no commissions when you buy or sell stocks, bonds, or mutual funds. You can also do fractional investing, where you buy a slice of a company if its shares cost too much. Think of companies like Amazon or Berkshire Hathaway or Microsoft, where it might be in hundreds or thousands of dollars. You don't have to have the full amount to buy them. You can buy just a slice of those kinds of companies. Public.com is creating a new, more inclusive culture for investing. When they say they want to open the stock market to everyone, they mean everyone. The public.com community is made up of 40% women and 45% people of color. When you invest with public.com, you're never investing alone. They make it easy to collaborate and build your confidence as an investor. You get to connect with other users, friends, other members, and notable investors to learn new things together and see how they're investing. Public.com takes the responsible approach. They don't promote risky or gambling-like behavior, offer complex trading tools to beginners, or encourage uh, day day trading. Instead, they promote long-term investing habits. Public.com prides itself on transparency and won't sell your data to market makers and third parties like other brokers do. They offer a way to break free of traditional financial institutions that want you to spend more money and profit from your trading information. So go to public.com backslash money answers to follow me on public.com and see what I'm investing in. You can start investing today for as little as $1. You can even get a free slice of stock when you join. So just go to public.com backslash money answers to download the free public.com app. This is valid for U.S. residents 18 years and older, subject to account approval. See public.com slash disclosures. This is not investment advice. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. 
Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Todd Snively. He is the author of the new book called The Amazon Code, How to Make Millions Selling Products Amazon Already Loves. You can find out more about him and his program at expertuniversity.com. Welcome back to the show, Todd. Thank you very much. So one thing people might think is if you're going to be selling on Amazon, you've got to have all these warehouses and stock all these products. Tell people what's necessary, what can be outsourced, and what cannot be outsourced in this whole process. One of the, one of the big appeals to me of this whole Amazon business is that you'll eventually be able to outsource 100% of it. I am 100% outsourced right now. I, I basically run the business as a true CEO where I'll spend 10 minutes looking at my financials. And if there's any alarm bells that go off, I'll know who to be able to call in my management chain and figure out what's going on. But when people are first getting started, you know, they need to understand all of the different tasks that are involved. We actually offer uh, another program. It's called How to Be a Virtual CEO. Most of the people that go through the Amazon program end up in that program because they want to be able to scale. The best way to scale is to outsource. You know, Tim Ferriss wrote his book, The Four-Hour Work Week, and the basic premise in that whole book was outsourcing, getting other people involved and taking over the, the tasks for yourself. This Amazon business is no different but you have to understand what it is to outsource. We actually offer uh, you know, actual standard operating procedures and software that allow you to execute those tasks to whichever virtual assistance you know, you've brought into your business. If you do it correctly, the whole business runs by itself eventually and makes just as, almost just as much money because the, the labor costs, because you're able to tap into labor all around the world, is is actually quite low. So most people, you know, they come to us. First, they want us to do it all for themselves, which we won't do, right? We actually don't, don't believe in that. We believe this is a real business. You need to understand how it works. And if you want to scale and outsource, there's a right way to do that. Matter of fact, there's this big, I just want to let people know there's a really big scam going on right now called Amazon Automation, in these, it's like a boiler room operation, if you will, where the ploy is give us thirty-five dollars or $50,000 and we'll create an automated Amazon business for you. And it just doesn't work that way. It completely falls apart 
when, when a company like that tries to scale. This is why everybody needs to do it themselves. And that lure of we'll do it for you sometimes blinds people. And we tell people, no, 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 <laughs> learn how to do it yourself. And the right way to be able to automate a business is to outsource yourself and be in control of those people. And it's actually your business and you're keeping the profits. So I can understand how you can outsource warehousing and shipping and all that. But how about picking which products you want to be selling and uh, buying and selling and the financial part of keeping all that money flowing? How can you outsource that as well? It's the same thing. It's standard operating procedures. You know, we, and, and I said earlier, it's a bit of a, it's all numbers driven. So really what you're doing is you're going to have a virtual assistant that's obtaining the current inventory file. They're going to run it through software to uh, filter it down to the things that you should sell. Then it's going to go to somebody else in your organization, which could be an employee or an outsourced virtual assistant that's going to apply the next level of verification. All right, this is what the software said we should buy, but we need to go look at some on-page things at Amazon. We need to get some independent verification of these estimated sales, and we need to verify inventories in stock at the supplier. Once you've done that, then it goes to another virtual assistant that will actually place the order. They have the supplier relationship, access to the account. They can enter the purchase order and get it sent to your outsourced warehouse, which is called a 3PL, a third-party logistics center. So basically, you can be anywhere in the world, never see the products you're selling because you got your assistance ordering, you have the suppliers shipping to a 3PL that does the prep necessary and inspection necessary to send the products into an Amazon FBA warehouse. You never see anything. This is why we have members all over the world running million-dollar Amazon businesses because it can be outsourced, and it should be outsourced. I'm all about, people ask me, they go, how do you define success? Well, to me, success is having control of your own time. And the only way you can do that is to have a way to make money, substantial money, through outsourced activities, something like this. So once you, you understand how in, the uh, business works. You're in Puerto Rico because of, tell us why you went to Puerto Rico and what are the advantages of being in Puerto Rico now that you have this outsourced business working for you? Sure. Well, I'm from Michigan, and so basically I grew up never wanting to see snow again. So the first advice I got from a CPA was, well, move to Nevada and save on state sales income tax, state income tax. And so we bought a house in, in Las Vegas. So about a year later, beautiful house. So about a year later, our CPA says, hey, did you know about this program in Puerto Rico that can substantially reduce your federal income tax obligation?" I said, no, I didn't know about it. So he explained about this program. At the time that we entered into it, it was called Act 20. So my wife and I um, flew down to Puerto Rico, instantly fell in love with the island, the people, just everything down here. It It was not what I was expecting. And so once we knew that we would enjoy being here, being residents of Puerto Rico, we went back and leased out our house, packed up our stuff, and moved down here permanently. So I've been down here two years now, and the tax program that I'm in reduces my federal tax to just 4% of net profit. And once that profit, once the tax has been paid on that, it transfers to me as an individual at a 0% distribution rate. So Puerto Rico 
really believes in the whole trickle down economics because they know that since I've been here, you know, I bought a car, right? We can hire people. We use all of the services. We eat out. We go to the grocery store. We're paying uh, some taxes and we're also paying all the tolls that they have on the roads. So we're doing our part here. Puerto Rico is a very poor country. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. But of the 3 million people on this island, 2 million are at the poverty level or below. I mean, that's crazy. And then the country, the Commonwealth, the government itself has a $70 billion debt that they're saddled with that they can't walk away from because of their constitutional requirements. Something needs to happen. And the government decided bringing in people of means with the trickle-down effect and to raise the tax base and all the charitable donations that get made are going to help Puerto Rico. And that's proven to be the case. And that's why I'm here. Not only is it a great place to live, but we're doing our part. And you can actually see it making a difference with the money that we do invest in the community. So there's a whole community of millionaires and billionaires that have moved down there to save on taxes. Um, So there's a a, a true upper class and most people are, are poor, is what you're saying. It's, it's quite the dichotomy down here. I mean, you literally can walk into a Lamborghini dealership and in five minutes drive past houses that still have blue tarps on them from Hurricane Maria. I mean, uh-huh. it, is, it is a very surreal experience in a lot of ways. <laughs> very good. Okay. All right. We're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Todd Snively. He is the author of a new book called The Amazon Code. How to Make Millions Selling Products Amazon Already Loves. You can find out more about how to do this at his website, expertuniversity.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth and Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth and Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Todd Snively. His book is called The Amazon Code, How to Make Millions Selling Products Amazon Already Loves. You can find out more how to run your own Amazon third-party selling business at his website, expertuniversity.com. Welcome back to the show, Todd. Thank you very much, sir. How has the COVID pandemic affected uh, third-party sales and, and Amazon? Oh, that's, a, that's a great question. You know, everybody, everybody knows that last March, March of uh, 2020, was pretty much when 
COVID came to the, uh, the surface and really started to affect things. And I don't know about you, but I found myself running around one day, honest to goodness, looking for toilet paper. I couldn't believe I could not find toilet paper. So what happened was people started to immediately go online to buy things. People that had never done that before in their lives had never even necessarily thought about it. But when the supply shortages started to hit and people were starting to sequester themselves in their own homes, they all turned online to buy everything that they needed. Even grocery stores, local grocery stores, started taking online orders and delivering to people's homes to help people out. Well, this caused basically seven years of normal e-commerce growth to occur in 2020. And this were, these were people who never pulled out their credit card to buy anything online before. All of this growth at one time really stressed the logistics system, and I mean international logistics. One, one perfect example that somebody gave me was paper towels. They're, they're the machines that are necessary to make paper towels are 50 years old, and the raw materials necessary to make the paper towels take a long time to come up with. And this is why people go to college and they get degrees and they learn how to do all of this planning so that people don't, that the companies don't run out of things like raw materials to make the finished product. So all of a sudden, there was a shortage on raw materials, which resulted in a shortage of these name brand products, and people couldn't find stuff anymore. We literally had sold out of a whole year's worth of inventory in about two months. So our, our struggle became establishing, you know, relationships, three-party feet, tertiary you know, relationships with suppliers, suppliers we had never thought we'd buy from before. We were searching out new suppliers eight hours a day because we needed more inventory. Everybody was running out. Eventually, once everybody was running out, we we're all depending on warehouses or our factories in China and India and Korea to make these new products. And once they ramped up their factories and started cranking out products, now we had a transportation problem, getting them from overseas to the United States uh, wholesale warehouses was now the stumbling block. And so Amazon did something that was unprecedented. They basically said, you know what? We're only going to be filling orders for things that we feel are really required. So if you were, you know, hoping to buy, you know, something that wasn't necessary, deemed a necessary product, you had to wait. Okay. Because they were trying to ship masks and gloves and aloe vera and hand sanitizer and things like that. And that's all they did for a little bit. Now they've, um, this created by way, created a really cool opportunity because if you remember what I said earlier, part of becoming that competitive seller, you know, being judged a competitive seller was delivery time for the first time that I remember in, in, uh, 12 years of selling on Amazon, you could ship something yourself and get it there faster than an FBA prime membership would get it there. It was crazy. They, uh, FBA, your shipping might have been six weeks delayed. Forget about two days. It just disappeared. So we were able to step in and take over as the actual shipper of a lot of these products. And the people that were able to make that pivot from FBA to shipping themselves made a fortune in 2020. As long as they could get their hands on the products, they were shipping them themselves, created their own little shipping center 
in their kitchen table, their basement, or some people ran out and got small warehouses to work out of because they saw that opportunity. Now, things are, are really getting back to normal now as far as shipping times and Amazon pretty well shipping everything again. But boy, COVID and 2020 really impressed upon me the fact that as entrepreneurs, we need to pivot. And if, if you're not willing to pivot or can't pivot, you get left behind a lot. But the people that were able to pivot last year as an Amazon seller, boy, they made a fortune. So what is the long-term outlook for online sales now that people are more used to buying things online? Uh, I mean, what percentage of, on, of all sales could be online you know, in coming years? What's really interesting about that question is prior to COVID, only 15% of the retail transactions were done online, just 15%. And the average person actually thinks the number was a lot higher. They think, oh, it's got to be a lot of people buy online. Yeah, but it's only 15%, okay? Now, because of COVID, it literally jumped to all retail being done online is 27%. 27% of all retail transactions are now done online. That's a long way still from anything close to saturation. So I think what we're going to see is, and I know this for a fact, the people that really jumped online to buy stuff last year enjoyed the experience enough that they're continuing to buy online. So this huge amount of growth that we saw in 2020 has stuck around. You haven't seen a big fall off. You haven't seen, oh, I can go to the store and buy something now. I'm going to go do that. No, people have experienced the convenience, so they're still buying online. So we might stay steady for a little bit because we've picked up, you know, so many new customers in 2020 that are now shopping online, but it should only continue to grow because the overall percentage of retail sales is still super low compared to what can happen. I can see it doubling in another 10 years easy to get over 50% of all retail transactions. Wow. Uh, so talk a little bit more about Expert University, what courses you have, how much these things cost, how long it takes to kind of learn to get up and running. Sure. Well, Expert University, uh, we have approximately 50 different online training programs. They're all centered around making money online. We've, um, we concentrate on the specific legitimate long-term scalable online income opportunities and train people uh, in each of them. Amazon happens to be the dominating one right now and the one that's had the, you know, the most impact on expert university. So what we do is we take people in generally into the Amazon program in one of four stages. And because we're terrible at naming things, you know, we have a good, better, best and a platinum level. So we're able to meet people where they are financially. You know, not everybody has the money, the resources to come at, at the platinum level, nor, nor should they, right? Everybody can start where they're comfortable with for as little as $500, and our most expensive program is $7,500. So on that scale, we let people determine where they're comfortable starting because we allow, we give a full credit for everybody as they want to upgrade. So as people you know, start the program, they get comfortable with it, they see the possibilities, they actually make their first dollar of profit, uh, generally they'll scale right up to the platinum level because that's where you're actually able to do the scaling and the outsourcing 
the virtual assistant program and get out of the business of being in business. And this is, I've got to be honest with you, this is one of the hardest things about being an entrepreneur is when everybody starts, whether they see it coming or not, they end up spending way too much time working in their business. And we really feel a, a true entrepreneur should be working on their business. And this means outsourcing, getting other people involved, doing the things you shouldn't be doing if you're looking to scale. So we make so sure is, that uh, people have the right mindset too. Who is the right person and the wrong person to want to take on this kind of business? Well, first, I believe everybody should have some sort of, I hate the term side hustle, but let's just say a business that they're generating income from because we don't have the, the same kind of security and stability, you know, that our parents enjoyed and our grandparents necessarily even enjoyed with working 40 years at a company. So personally, I think if we're going to solve a lot of the economic problems that we have in the country, it starts with people taking responsibility for generating their own income through something other than a, than a job. Okay. So who shouldn't do this? Uh, and, and we actually interview people to make sure they're a good fit. People that have a really bad attitude, <laughs> you got to get that mindset correct first, right? So the people that, you know, come in saying, well, I'm going to try this, but I don't think it's going to work. And I, you know, this and that and the other thing, and I never get anything to work. Well, gosh, I wonder why, <laughs> you know, <laughs> mindset, you got to have the right mindset or you're never going to make anything work, right? But we think that uh, Amazon has a place for, for everybody. This opportunity uh, has gotten nothing but better. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, you joined 10 years ago, and that's why you're doing so well. Nope. I, we have members in their 70s right now who joined six months ago, cracking a million dollars in sales. So I, I don't prejudge anybody anymore. You know, I might think you can't tie your shoes in the morning. Next thing I know, you're doing a million dollars in, in top-end revenue. Can't prejudge anybody. Very well. Thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Todd Snively. His book is called The Amazon Code, How to Make Millions Selling Products Amazon Already Loves. You can find out more about how you can start your own Amazon third-party selling business at his website, which is expertuniversity.com. Thanks so much. I think people learned a lot on the show, Todd. Thanks again. I had a great time. Thanks for having me. Thanks again. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.